0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, you know which podcast you're at. This is the Babel Effect. And today's Babel Effect is a little different than usual. Today we're going to talk about why myself and countless others love professional wrestling. Now the original episode was planned to be to talk about the new names inducted for the wwe hall of fame the happenings going around professional wrestling as an aew impact wrestling ring of honor in wwe and new japan but i was approached just the other day by a friend of mine and they just point blank asked me why are you such a big fan of professional wrestling what is it about professional wrestling that makes you a fan i mean and their exact words were words that a professional wrestling fan hates to hear it's fake now there's a lot of people who like me we understand that it's scripted that it's it's all planned out that it tells a story But to say that professional wrestling is fake, well, I'm going to give you some examples in this podcast why professional wrestling isn't fake. Professional wrestling has had so much deep-rooted history. Professional wrestling dates back all the way to 1905, when the first World's Heavyweight Championship was created between George Hackenschmidt and Frank Gotch. Throughout the years and throughout the centuries and decades, wrestling has evolved from regional promotions where there was what they call territories. Each section of the United States and in the world had its own territory. You had the Northeast Territory. You had Georgia Championship Wrestling. You had wrestling from Florida. You had world-class championship wrestling in Texas. You had... ...wrestling out in California... ...you had the National Wrestling Alliance... ...you had Stampede Wrestling up in California... ...all these areas had their own wrestling promotion... ...there was the Mid-South and everything... ...and at one time all of these territories... ...were under the banner of the National Wrestling Alliance... or in short the NWA... ...there was a committee of people who would decide who would be the one world champion that represented all these territories. And then throughout the year, so many great champions would come around, would be involved in this. there would be guys like Lou guys such as Pat O'Connor, guys such as Dory Funk, Terry Funk, Gerald Briscoe, Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. So many great champions throughout the years representing the National Wrestling Alliance. That was until 1983. 1983 saw the slight demise of the National Wrestling Alliance. Because a man by the name of Vince McMahon came along And bought capital wrestling from his father, Vince McMahon. And created the World Wrestling Federation. And it would bring forth professional wrestling on a national scale. Vince McMahon would do the unthinkable. And go to each territory and buy out these promoters. Saying his vision was going to be groundbreaking. It was going to bring professional wrestling to not only a national viewpoint, but a global viewpoint. And a lot of a lot of these territories were like, well, this is wrong. You're going against what your father said he would never do. But then there were some other territories who were like, you know, maybe this is the right thing for professional wrestling. And what really took it off was on January 23rd, 1984, Hulk Hogan, who at one time was part of the American Wrestling Association, the AWA, would arrive in Madison Square Garden and defeat the then WWF champion, Iron Sheik, that would launch an era of professional wrestling called Hulkamania it was at this point that not many territories were left it was the WWF and the NWA which would later become WCW the NWA would still be around but it wasn't as predominant as it was but this gets into why there are so many fans why is there so many fans of professional wrestling? Is it the the athletes themselves? Such athletes that can lift well over their body weight. Is it because of the simple fact that because of... There's these wrestlers who can do all these crazy moves and they can bounce from one rope to the other and do all these flips and dives and all that. Or is that a mystique of a character? The persona that these athletes create to draw you in? Or is it from the time they walk through the curtain to the time they walk back, they tell you a story? For me it's always been about The story Of How one wrestler Versus the other Good versus evil David versus Goliath It was Monumental And to do it In front of 20, 40, 60,000 people It was if theater had taken on a whole new life. There was drama, there was action, there was comedy. And for me, I think that's what draws in a fan. Now, to keep them invested, well, what do you do? How do you keep a wrestling fan invested? Well, like any story, you introduce new characters. You introduce plots and subplots, and twists, and turns. And a babyface goes to a heel, when a heel goes to a babyface. For those of you who don't know, babyface is a good guy, heel is a bad guy. For me, wrestling has always been about how deep a story could go. Knowing, in fact, that at the end, this is where the story is going to go. But how are they going to tell the story to get there? One of the greatest stories to me back in the 80s... ...was of Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was the mentor to Hulk Hogan. Told him he was the future, he was the man. Gave him a stamp of approval. Andre was this mythical wonder that Hogan respected... ...who Hogan idolized. And with the turn of a hat... ...along comes Bobby the Brain Heenan. The villainous manager... ...who had done everything he could... ...to grasp... ...the world's heavyweight championship... ...from the reigning champion Hulk Hogan. Used every man... ...at his disposal... And then he got the one man who was closest to Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Now for well over a decade and a half, Andre the Giant had never been beaten. Andre the Giant was the eighth wonder of the world. He did what he wanted. He made people believed that he held the fate of every man he stepped in the ring with their fate was in his hands and now his mind had been polluted by Bobby the Brain Heaton Bobby the Brain Heaton had said that Hogan was just using him to protect the championship to keep it around him that he would never be world champion as long as he was by Hogan's side and this broke Hogan Hogan, who had idolized Andre the Giant his entire life. And then the famous words, I'm here for only one reason, to challenge you to a world championship match at a WrestleMania 3. It was at that moment Hulk Hogan knew that the Andre, Andre the Giant that he knew was no more. The crucifix was ripped, and Hogan was left with no other alternative. He had to go to Pontiac Silverdome to defend his crown, to defend his honor, to defend his Hulkamaniacs, to defend the world's heavyweight championship at WrestleMania three, to prove that he had what it took. ...to defeat Andre the Giant. And so it became. March the 29th, 1987. In a day... ...that many wrestling fans thought would never see. An indoor attendance record was set. 93,173... ...filled in the Pontiac Silverdome... ...in Pontiac, Michigan... It was the true battle of the irresistible force versus the immovable object. Could Hogan topple the mighty and unbeatable Andre the Giant? One thing was for sure on that night. The course of professional wrestling was going to change. And all it took was one mighty slam... And one mighty lay drop. And the history of professional wrestling was on its way to being changed. Throughout the later years of the 80s, wrestling was changing so rapidly that new organizations were starting to form. That particular one was WCW. And a great story was told in WCW. The arrogant, the flamboyant, Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion, the ladies' man, the man with the custom suits, the custom shoes, Rolex watches, Lear jets, long limousines, and then came the man known as the dragon, a simple man, a family man who believed that every man was equal, that there was no one better than the other, it was the Shy town Rumble. Ric Flair, the heavyweight champion of the world, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the man's man, the family man. It was on that night where Ric Flair realized that a family man was just as good in the ring as a man of luxury because it was on that night Ricky the Dragon's steamboat became the heavyweight champion of the world. But many years before that, there was a common man, a son of a plumber from Austin, Texas, who believed in a dream, the American dream, and his name was Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was so captivating when he spoke. He wanted to reach out to the people and tell them that he was with them, that they were with him, that because of them, he would one day be the world's heavyweight champion once again. And he did become the world heavyweight champion But then came the 90s. Hulkamania was starting to fizz away. So was the man of being a dream, believing in the American dream. The characters of the supernatural were starting to come to life. A generation of men who had an attitude, a chip on their shoulder, was coming to life. When I speak of the supernatural, I speak of only one character, a character who has braced the world of professional wrestling for nearly thirty years. Talked about the Undertaker. When we first were introduced to the Undertaker, we were frightened. We were scared. We thought this man—he's gonna—he's gonna take our souls. He's gonna bury us. And take us to our final resting place. And with Paul Bearer by his side we knew that The Undertaker was unearthly, was superhuman, supernatural. No more evident of that when he defeated the hero, the man who everybody claimed to be immortal, Hulk Hogan. And throughout the years, The Undertaker, he would evolve his character, he would keep Fans vested into his character, and that 's one of the greatest things about professional wrestling that you can love is that when somebody realizes that the times are changing that they do something to keep the fans interested. The undertaker has done that from a western mortician to a man of the supernatural to a lord of darkness to a minister. Satan... ...from a... ...proud American... ...riding on a bike... ...to a big... ...nasty... ...evil man... ...who all he wanted... ...was respect... ...and eventually... ...he would become... ...the last outlaw... ...professional wrestling... ...has so much needed... ...roots... ...whether it be through the storytelling... ...through the moves... Through the characters. Professional wrestling is something like no other. I mean, you have your Super Bowls, you have your World Series, you have your NBA Finals, you have your Stanley Cups. And they're all exciting. They really are. But there is nothing, nothing like being captivated at a professional wrestling event. Whether it was a Summer Slam, a Starcade, a Great American Bash, whether you went to an ECW show and you was part of Hardcore Heaven, or you was a part of Barely Legal, or you was at the grandest stage, the greatest stage that wrestling has to offer, WrestleMania. They say WrestleMania is the place where dreams become reality, where men become immortal. Professional wrestling as a whole takes the unbelievable and makes it believable. It takes things in reality. And they make it to a point where the things that you wouldn't see in reality become reality. They make you make you believe that the impossible is possible. It's an escape. It's an adrenaline rush. And it's a magical place to be for these athletes they do this every night for some of them 250, some of them 300 plus days a year they travel all around the world sometimes they gotta be super dad or super mom and sometimes they gotta be super husband and super wife, and sometimes they miss out on the greatest things that we, the fans, have the luxury of getting to do. Celebrating birthdays, celebrating Christmases, celebrating other holidays, being with our families. To respect professional wrestling for the art form that it is. It means the wonders, it means that you appreciate what these athletes go through every day to be the absolute best at what they do at their craft, to be away from their families, to be away from everything just so they can put a smile on a fan's face or to be the villain and make them hate them make a fan hate them at the end of the day professional wrestling to some it's just entertainment to others it's a sport to some others it's strictly what they say it is Sports entertainment. It is a once in a lifetime thrill ride that only gets to be experienced by few. And when it is experienced, it is like no other. So, ladies and gentlemen, That is why I love the sport of professional wrestling. It's captivating, it's exciting. It makes you laugh, it makes you cry. It hits every emotion imaginable. Whether it's them telling a story or when they throw in a dose of reality. The fact still remains Is that professional wrestling is so captivating that is so often imitated by other forms of sports and entertainment. Nowadays, you can't look anywhere in any walk of life and see how much professional wrestling has influenced our world and our culture. Whether it's in person, in movies, in TV, through social media, professional wrestling has had a profound effect on our culture. Whether it be good, whether it be bad. But at the end of the day, professional wrestling has its place in history and still does to this day. And the longer that it makes our culture as relevant in our culture, the more its popularity grows. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I'm a fan of professional wrestling. This has been the Babel Effect. And thank you for listening.